Yeah, boy, it's episode 157, and this is the Fantasy Football Auctioneer Podcast. The Fantasy Football Auctioneer Podcast is the official podcast of the FantasyFootballAuction.com, the internet's only website dedicated to all fantasy auctions. You can follow us on Twitter. We're at Fantasy Auction. We are breaking down AFC divisions. Right now, we are on the AFC East. We have the one and only Slim with us tonight. Slim, how are you doing tonight? Ooh, doing awesome. Pretty much as good as I was there last time I talked to you. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, I mean, the last time it was, uh, it, you were, okay, you were doing awesome was. too. Just kidding. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So uh, we're, uh, we're breaking down AFC East. Uh, Blister broke this stuff down for the website. Uh, we have membership area where we've got all the divisions and all the teams broken down. So you can check that out at thevantasyfootballauction.com. Uh, Blister is out entertaining tonight. So, Slim, it's just me and you. Yes, sir. And uh, we've got a couple of ugly teams and, uh, well, and the Patriots to, to talk about coming up here. So, uh, so I guess uh, we'll – well. No time like the present to get her going here, Slim. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's cock the hammer. It's time for action. All right. So like I said, we're breaking down the AFC East. We're going to take a look at the four teams here. Um, we're going to start first in northern New York, Slim. Let's take a look at those Buffalo Bills, who I know you're uh, um, getting to know here really quickly. Uh, we, we've got Sammy Watkins, we've got uh, Tyrod Taylor, um, Zay Jones was a big pickup here in uh, the rookie drafts. Um, what do you what do you see about the Bills? What do you like? What don't you like heading into 2017? Well, I think the obvious like is LaShawn McCoy. I think he will be used again heavily. I think he will have his fair share of scoring opportunities. Um, I think he'll be used in the passing game as well to some extent so barring injury i think for me he's a fairly safe um kind of top five rb somebody who you'd want to look at taking maybe right after you know the consensus top three uh david johnson might be a balance um yeah he's right up there after those guys with me so yeah like him um i like jonathan williams if I can get him for cheap enough, I think it's going to be a little bit hard to do that. But if I could get him for a couple bucks at the end of my draft, I whether I own LaShawn McCoy or not, um, I think that's something that I would be more than willing to invest in. Yeah, and I mean, there's really not much else behind LaShawn McCoy than Jonathan Williams. And, I mean, he was touted fairly highly going into last year's uh, redraft, so... Um, it only makes sense, right? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, and so um, what about Sammy Watkins this year with the loss of uh, Robert Woods, and um, you know that that is a that's a big change to that offense. Uh, do you think Sammy Watkins rebounds and goes back up into the category of stud wide receiver? Um, I don't think he'll get in the stud category. I don't know. I've, I've wanted to believe in Sammy for the last few years, and it's never happened uh, quite like I was hoping. I, I, some people are going to get scared off by the foot injury. That honestly doesn't worry me. 
His situation worries me a little bit, and the fact that Buffalo didn't re up or uh, give him that fifth year option, to me, that says something. Whether they know something medically or whether they just don't see him as part of their future plans, I'm hoping it's the latter because yeah. I would love to see Sammy go to a team that has you know, a really prolific offense with a, with a really good down the field quarterback. Uh, I think he could really excel there. I'm just not certain that's going to happen in Buffalo. So even if he's healthy, I just don't know how many targets or how much volume there's actually going to be for him in the passing. And that's to me what's scary. Um, I think the talent is there. The injuries have definitely hurt his value over the years. Um, but yeah, he's a guy that I think I definitely don't want to be drafting him as my wide receiver one, we'll put it that way. Uh, right. If I get him as a high upside wide receiver two, maybe I decide to go after Gronk or something this year, Kelsey. I need to go a little bit cheaper at uh, wide receiver. I could get him as a wide receiver two, even better as a wide receiver three. Um, I would be okay doing that. As long as I've surrounded him with some more stable options. To me, he's the perfect guy you take. I don't want to pair him with I don't want to pair him with volatile receivers, guys that could get injured, that battle injuries. I'll, I'll say something like A.J. Green. I don't, right. I don't need him and A.J. Green. Uh, if I'm going to draft Sammy Watkins, I want to make sure it's with a guy like um, Odell Beckham or Antonio right. Brown or somebody like that who's shown to be fairly durable um, but I think is probably going to play all 16 games and then I'll take that upside with a guy like Sammy Watkins if I know that everything else is pretty stable on my roster. All right. So does that then mean um, you're not too high on Zay Jones in his rookie year? No. I mean, I typically am not high on rookie receivers anyway. Right. Uh, from what we've seen in the past, it just hasn't been enough volume to make guys – regularly fantasy viable. You might see flashes. I mean, we saw glimpses from Robert Woods. We saw glimpses from, from Marquise Goodwin in the past. Um, I just can't invest in a guy like Zay Jones as a rookie in this offense. Uh, in fact, I'm kind of avoiding any other wide receivers on this team. I'll wait and hope they slide into waivers, and I'll be aggressive on waivers if it, if it looks like uh, – they're showing any type of um, any type of reliability we do. So, what about a guy like Tyrod? Um, I, I mean, we were fairly high on him last year as one of those guys to target in the uh, late round quarterback type uh, philosophy. And uh, you know, we're right now in the midst of this uh, Scott Fishbowl seven, and he's an I think a nice little quarterback for that scoring system as well especially with the um with the rushing with the yeah. rushing bonus and the first downs right there's the yeah. there's opportunities for him to get quite a few first downs with his feet too yeah not to talk too much about that i was a little sad though i jumped on uh, cam newton in the third uh because i was scared that there wasn't going to be much quarterback left and when i got to my pick in the fourth tyrod taylor was one of two quarterbacks i'm trying to remember the other one that I felt would have felt okay drafting as my QB too, so I was a little bit bummed out there that he was still sitting there. Um, actually, I think Dak Prescott was the other one. 
Could have used either of those. Anyway, yeah. but I yeah, Tyrod Taylor to me is a guy who last year I know I definitely was targeting in drafts as a high, what I thought was a high upside uh, streaming tight end option or late round QB option. I think the same thing this year. I think you're going to have weeks where he is going to kill it because he might rush for 70 yards and a touchdown. And then I think you might have the odd week where he might hurt you a little bit because he might throw for only 150 yards and not rush for the time, and maybe no touchdowns, things like that. And that's the that's what the, the difficulty is with Tyron. That stuff doesn't scare me that much because I know if I'm going to go cheap, I'm going to partner him with a with a quarterback that uh, I think is another good streaming option. And I'm confident in my ability to pick the right play uh, in those streaming weeks. Um, right. So. Yeah, he might hurt you one or two weeks, but I think the upside's always there, and I think I love the rushing side. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he's rushing for over 600 yards this year. Uh, yeah, 580 last year, 95 rushing yeah. attempts. Yeah, so uh, even if he does that again, I mean, that's that's nice. Yeah, the passing volume is definitely not going to be there. They are going to be near the bottom probably in terms of that stat category compared to other teams. Um, but when you offset all that rushing and things like that, I think, uh, yeah, it definitely brings me the conversation as a low one QB one. Yeah, for sure. So, um, let's move on to another guy who could be a QB one this year, Ryan Tannehill and the Miami Dolphins. What do you think about the Finns in 2017? This is for you, Blackie. I know you don't uh, want to listen anyways. Oh, Black, put your earmuffs on there, buddy. No, I'm just <laughs> I, you know what? i I don't mind. I don't. I don't like Ryan Tannehill. Uh, our boy Dave Cherney is going to laugh if he does this because <laughs> he was just tweeting me after the last pod that we did because I just knifed up pretty much every quarterback we talked about. But yeah. uh, I've never been a big Tannehill guy. I don't think he's that talented. Sorry, Dave. Although you don't really need to talk quarterbacks. Um, but I, I, you know, I will say this. And I'm not going to go as high as you know, a guy like Scott Fish, who's I've heard been touting JGI to everybody oh that would listen, like RB1 overall type stuff. But I do think that there'll be some volume there for a Jai. I'll admit that last year I was really worried about his durability uh, potential. Um, kind of proved me a little bit wrong. So I think that he's going to be in line for a lot of touches this year. He's a guy who can get involved in the passing game a little bit too, which I like. Uh, I used my first overall pick in the stuff for school. I don't my dad. Oh, yeah? Wait. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, to me, he's a guy who could easily be top 10, should easily be top 10 running back uh, as long as he stays healthy. Um, and then the receivers, you know, we'll have to get into that little bit of a, I don't want to say mess, but there's, there's different names maybe that we need to be looking out for this year. And – so when you're looking at the receivers, though, like who, who are you spending most of your money on? Is it Jarvis Landry? Obviously, that's going to be the guy. Um, does Devontae Parker even come close to him in your auction this year? Uh, he won't come close, but that doesn't mean that I don't like Parker. I mean, I think Landry's the safest option, no doubt. I like what Parker showed a little bit in the off season, or sorry, at the end of the last season. And some of the things that I heard about him 
Um, I, I really like him going forward. It, it sounded like he was a kind of a cocky kid in college. Never really had to work too hard. Kind of was the typical kind of college kid, high school kid, just played video games, ate McDonald's and other shit, <laughs> yeah. and just never really had to train and just just was good. And I think anybody who's ever you know followed professional sports knows that as you progress, that gets harder and harder to do. And coming in as a rookie, he never really was ready to train, take care of his body properly. Um, I know Adam Gase called him on one a couple times last year, and it sounded like this offseason he's finally committed to doing all those things. And I think that's you're, we're going to start to actually see the improvements now in the NFL. So I like him as a guy. If you can get him you know, around wide receiver 40, wide receiver 35, I think that there is potential for him to outproduce that. If I'm going to take a couple high upside flyers and I think get them cheap enough in my draft, uh, I'm trying to think of a price off the top of my head, um, say for you know five bucks, if I can take Devontae Parker for five bucks, I will will roll the dice on a player like him, hoping that he can break out. The problem is it's so deep at that position. I love drafting in that spot. There's just so many names that might not fall in there. That, um, you know, the Martavis Bryants, the John Browns, the Eric Deckers, the Jeremy Macklins. These are all guys that I like. I mean, yeah. um, so I'll have to really make some tough choices at that juncture of drafts, but uh, I know there's lots of guys there. And if Parker's one of them, I can get them cheap enough. I don't mind doing that. But now is there... Is there enough uh, targets to go around there? Like, I just was going through his game log from last year, and, I mean, you know, three targets, five targets, these aren't opportunities to become, you know, a high upside player. Yeah, I mean, I do think that there's enough targets to go around. Uh, I think it's obviously going to come at the expense of, Maybe it's Landry a little bit. Maybe it's Kenny Stills a lot more than what we saw last year. Like Kenny Stills was pretty, uh, pretty viable even last year. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think that there's not going to be necessarily tons of targets, but I think that there's enough to make Devontae Parker fantasy relevant. Uh, okay. I'm not saying he's going to necessarily vault into wide receiver one territory. But I could see him getting into low end wide receiver two type range, which I'll take that for a guy who I'm probably going to be drafting as a wide receiver four or five. Okay. All right, I got that. So let's move on uh, to you know the champs and Blister in his write ups got you know three exclamation points uh, put up behind that. But let's take a look at the New England Patriots. Uh, it's a tricky team to draft outside of Tom Brady and Gronk. What are you looking for? What are you looking at when it comes to the Pats this year? Um, I'm looking to see if anybody can stop them. Uh, I guess that's the thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I love what they're doing there. I think the one hard thing will be uh, how do we – how do you feed this many mouths? And this is one thing that I think we're going to struggle with as fantasy owners. 
I think a guy like Gronk is going to be pretty reliable. But then I think, you know, Brandon Cooks, and I'll be honest, when he first went there, I maybe drank the Kool-Aid a little bit. Like the yeah. first day after, I was just like, oh, my God, this guy could finish. He's got wide receiver one potential in this yeah. offense. And then kind of thinking back on it, looking back and pumping the brakes a bit, I think to me he's a, you know, Brandon Cooks is going to be a, the, a, a very good best ball kind of guy. There's going to be weeks where he's going to smash, you know, 30 points. And then there's going to be some where he might only get a couple passes. But I do think he's a good fit for this offense. I just think that New England is very good at just saying, okay, where is our advantage this given week? We are going to just run the football 48 times today. Yeah, I think, I think ideally, yeah, they, we think of New England as this pass first offense and really, um, they like to run the ball. Um, so is there enough volume to sustain all these guys? Yeah, but I think, you know, you got to be careful where you draft them and you got to be prepared for some for some down weeks maybe for some of those, these top-end guys, you know, Julian Edelman's and the Cooks. Even Gronk, to some extent, there might be a couple of weeks where he doesn't do that much. Um, but I think he's maybe the most uh, insulated option. Yeah. Because he's like the most unique uh, uh, receiving threat that they have in that team. Plus, he's got the red zone potential. Right. Now, um, at in the backfield, is it Gillisley? Is he the man to own in that backfield? Are you going to, um, how much are you going to have to spend for him? You know what? I, that's a really great question. I don't know how much yet you're going to have to spend on him. I think the hype is building right now, and I think it's going to get to the point where it's going to get a little out of control. Anybody who's thinking he's going to do what LeGarrette Blunt did and score whatever 18 touchdowns, I think you're on track. Uh, that was a that was a, a huge number of touchdowns in the Patriots yeah. offense. Um, so to think that's uh, going to be replicated again this year, I just think that's you know, it's almost impossible to happen. Um, I do think Gillisley is first in line for things. Uh, I think James White you know, is obviously kind of the sole PPR kind of guy. But then I think Rex Burkhead is kind of that catch-all who does everything. Right. I, I really envision all three of these guys getting used. And I think of it as kind of the typical New England Patriots backfield where you're going to be frustrated a lot of the time trying to predict what these guys do. Um, so again, in these kinds of situations, I like to lead towards the cheapest guy, and I think that cheapest guy is probably going to be Rex Burkhead. Um, and it's not to say that I think he's going to be the most uh, fantasy productive, but if we're going to have a hard time pinpointing who's doing what and when, then just give me the cheapest guy. If i got to own somebody, I want it to be, be him. And so do you spend more on Edelman or Brandon Cooks this year? Or do you stay away from both of them and just um, bid them up and let someone else pay the top dollar for them? No, I think I, I would definitely spend more on Brandon Cooks. Uh, I mean, even though he might have down weeks, I think he is, you know, uh, he's a pretty stable wide receiver too. I'll put it that way. Um, my biggest thing with, with Edelman and I could be wrong. I've been kind of waiting for this maybe for a couple of years. I just think we're starting to see signs of him hitting this age curve where it can creep up pretty fast, and all of a sudden you just kind of drop off. Uh, 
we saw it with Wes Welker in New England, and they weren't hesitant to ship him out as soon as uh, yeah. the tread wore off his tires. And, you know, he finished off in Denver. But I don't think we're quite there yet with Edelman. But this could be the last year. I, I wouldn't be shocked if this was his last year in uh, in New England. Um, I just like what Brandon Cooks can do with very little. He's to me the guy. He fits so well with this offense because he can take a four-yard little screen pass and make three guys miss and turn it into a 70-yard touchdown. Right. Um, to me, that's his unique skill set to bring to this offense. Edelman can't do that. Malcolm Mitchell can't do that. Chris Holden can't do that. Obviously, Brown can't do that. So I don't think he necessarily will need a lot on the regular to produce. I think it would definitely help, obviously, for him to be, you know, getting targeted like he was in New England or New Orleans or with Drew Brees. But uh, I, I just think this volume isn't going to quite be there like we're used to seeing with the Saints. Okay, all right. So uh, yeah, I think the Patriots is it's tough all the way around. I think you hit the nail on the head on who to target and. Everybody else is, yeah, your flyers and this and that, and because you never know from week to week what's going to happen. There is one team, though, that I think we know week to week what's going to happen. It's the dumpster fire in New York, uh, the New York Jets. Who are you buying if it's anyone? Is it a Nunwa? What is happening at the quarterback position? Do you care about anybody on this team? Go. Uh, well, I care. <laughs> I mean, I You're a caring guy. Yeah, You're a caring I, guy. Now, which quarterback are you going to you know, rip up on this team? I guess is a better question. Well, they all suck. Let's get like let's not kid ourselves. They do. It's trash. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't think you can necessarily overlook guys like Anunwa and Robbie Anderson. To me, those are the two guys that I would be looking at, and obviously as later options. Um, I, I'm a little hesitant. And to me, it's because of the quarterback play. I don't know what they're willing to do. I mean, to me, they should be tanking and trying to accumulate future picks. Uh, that would also mean maybe losing as many games as possible this year. So does right. that mean that they start Hackenberg or Petty? I mean, I think Josh McCallum gives them the best chance to actually win games, but I don't know if they actually do want to win games. So... Right. Um, I think fantasy-wise, you want to see McCowan in there if you own either Anunwa or Robbie Anderson. I think that those guys will have some decent weeks just based on garbage time. I don't think you can necessarily bank on them every week uh, because this offense is going to be very bad. And I, I want to preface this, I guess, by saying just because there's garbage time, I don't necessarily believe there's going to be a ton of targets for those guys either just because I don't know how long this offense will be capable of keeping the ball and sustaining drives. There could be a lot of three and outs. And so just because they're getting their ass kicked doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to pile up garbage points uh, regularly just because I think that there'll be a lot of time when that defense is on the field. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely a dumpster fire scenario. I mean, We've seen Bilal Powell getting a lot of love, at least I have lately. Just going to ask you about him. And I I mean, I like him, don't get me wrong, but I just think, why are we forgetting about Matt Forte, per se? Yeah. I am not ready to start anointing Bilal Powell as this low-end RB1, um, especially because the team is horseshit. Like, their offense is, is terrible. Uh, 
I don't know how many passes he can catch to even make him relevant. So um, anyway, I I think Forte could be a guy that you might sneak like really late in your draft if you you know trying to get your fifth running back or something like that. You got a few bucks left. He might be a guy you look at. Um, but yeah, there's definitely not going to be a lot of weekly fantasy liability coming from this offense. I don't think. Well, in Forte last year, I mean, at 248 touches. That's pretty significant, really. I mean, there's not a lot of guys that are up over that, you know, up around that 250-plus mark. So, I mean, there's no reason why he can't get close to that again this year. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think he showed signs of age. And I'll be honest, I don't get what they're doing keeping him if I'm the Jets. If yeah. I'm the Jets front office, what, what are you doing? You got rid of Decker. You got rid of Marshall made sense if you're going to rebuild get rid of those guys but then why the hell don't you get rid of Matt Forte too and trade him yeah. somebody uh yeah okay roll with Bilal Powell and Elijah McGuire in the backfield and okay there you go there's your season but um yeah so I don't know maybe Forte might not even be there who knows maybe in training camp he ends up getting traded or released or I'm not sure what his cap hit is off the top of my head but uh, they can cut him for you know virtually no penalty that wouldn't surprise me and then you can get picked up by a contending team maybe to do something but uh as of right now yeah i'm gonna take a stab at it for a buck or something like that at the end of my draft right and i mean the last five six weeks in of the season he was not good 5.7.9 yeah and then one 2.8 like it was stinky and that's when below paul really took over and started. really took off uh, right yeah and so I guess maybe there's that recency bias people are, are seeing and, and it's really driving up the Bilal Powell price tag a little bit right now. All right, so um, that's the dumpster fire. We can look at the AFC East um, this time around. Anything else to add about this division slim? Uh, just see you in the playoffs. Really and there you have it. Famous last words from slim. Anyways, uh, that was the AFC East. Uh, Take a look for the uh, full breakdown on the membership uh, side of things at the website, defensefootballauction.com. Give us a rating and a review on iTunes. Help support the pod. And um, follow us on. We're at Fantasy Auction. Slim is always active on there, answering questions and uh, making comments and still loving the gifts. So uh, who doesn't? uh, Make sure you give him a follow. (laughs) Yeah, who doesn't? You're right. That's at Fantasy Auction. All right, Slim, uh, I guess we'll wrap this puppy up. I will uh, see you uh, very soon. And for everyone else, I'll see you when it's springtime in the Rockies.